Hey, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Southside Chat Podcast, the podcast that helps you stay outside with the Chicago Red Stars. It's your girl, Sandra. Here today to chat a number of things. We're not just going to talk about uh, the Chicago Red Stars loss in the previous week to Gotham FC. We want to have a little bit of crossover in this one. We're going to chat Chicago Red Stars in the Olympics. We're going to go ahead and preview Washington coming up this weekend. So stay tuned for all of this delicious stuff coming up in this episode. A lot to get through. Couldn't do it alone. Can't do anything alone here today with my friend, homie, and colleague, Claire Watkins, aka the Scam Originator. How are you doing today, Claire? good yeah uh there's a lot going on we're all just hanging in there (laughs) the the content creators are all just sort of hanging in there there's a lot of soccer it is uh endless at times it feels like and in between all that um there's like other cool olympic sports actually (laughs) that are in between like all of the soccer um i know a lot of us have been dabbling in all kinds of stuff everybody's been paying attention to different things i've been paying attention to a lot of the three by three basketball and that i was- i just watched that replay before we hopped on yeah go sky man yeah right for real shout out to steph dawson getting that goal with three by three uh spoiler alert uh but it was it was it was dope uh, i hope everyone's taking the time to enjoy uh the olympics uh but let's get into a little bit of it. like the united states women's national team have advanced into the quarterfinals they will be facing off against the Netherlands. So fun. The stress is increasing. It's actually not getting uh, any 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 better in terms of the stress levels. But uh, three games uh, that the United States women's national team had to participate in their group stage and a lot of different things from each game. A lot of question marks, actually. And there's at this point, there's a lot of full-on chatter and discussion and analysis of the performances throughout these games. And just full on saying like, maybe some of these performances aren't great, but you know what? You know who's having great performances, Claire? The Chicago Red Stars players. Yeah, so right. Lots of interesting performances that we're seeing from the US. And I think that like, it'll be really interesting to go back and dissect this once the whole thing is over and it'll really matter. I do think it will truly just matter about this game on Friday. If they win the game on Friday, and put themselves in the position to play for a medal of any kind, people will be like, eh, okay, whatever. But if they lose this game, big disaster. And so it'll be really interesting to see what happens. But yes, uh, the Red Stars are doing great. Like every single Red Star on the U.S. team has had nice moments, and a couple of them have become like very essential to keeping the U.S. in games. And they showed up ready to go and like ready to succeed. And even like, uh, <clears throat> you know, <laughs> some, some former red stars too. I don't know if you saw Adriana Leone score for Canada, hey. but I was like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Delicious. Hey, she's uh, making waves for Canada. That's and right. congrats yeah. to her. We, we truly do uh, love to see it. Uh, and of course, the thing that we loved the most to see uh, was during this group stage, uh, Casey Kruger was not only named to uh, two different match days within the 18 that are available for those group games, uh, but she got time against uh, New Zealand. And it was really dope to see Casey Kruger, the Olympian officially. And um, I'll just put on record, uh, these mofos better medal because I want Casey Short to get a medal. Well, you know, and everybody knows this who who has watched Casey Kruger play, which is that she is not like the most emotive person on the field. You know, she's like very focused. 
uh, has a very quiet energy around her, but there's that photo of her subbing into that game with the biggest smile on her face. And I was like, that's it. That is what this is all about. And I was oh, yeah. so stoked for her. Oh my God. Fully, uh, we fully exposed ourselves <laughs> on our Twitter. Uh, again, guys, we tell you all the time to follow us on the social media channels. And we absolutely exposed ourselves in our in our text messaging. And I full on, like the second it happened, texted Claire and was like, bitch, why am I crying? Like, <laughs> it's like full on, like for real. It's, uh, you, lo- you love to see it. Um, We've been, you know, covering Casey Kruger for for so long here with the Red Stars and um, 2019 was what it was. Go go back and listen to that Casey Kruger episode that we did with Bria Felician of the Black uh, Sportswoman. If you haven't, it'll maybe give you a little bit more context as to our feelings and really a lot of everyone's general feelings about watching somebody like Casey Kruger participate in the Olympics. Um, shout out to our other friend, homie and ho- uh, colleague, John D. Halloran. He has a great piece out there in Equalizer right now about this. We're um, really just talking about the people, two people yeah. within this player's life. And you get to sort of, it's just more to this story of this particular player. Um, so check it out uh, when you have the chance. Well, yeah. I mean, even just running down the list, right. So like Casey Kruger, I thought she did quite well when she came in against New Zealand. I think that she, I personally think she's a legitimate option for playing in the knockout stages, but even just, you look at some of the other performances, like the Sweden game, which, you know, for all intents and purposes was a big disaster, but Nair, I thought had a really good game. And I think that like, for someone that you don't know, I think it's just really hard to gauge where a goalkeeper's head is at going into a tournament like this one. She looks solid. She looks, she, her whole thing is that actually she's comfortable in games that are going poorly. Terribly. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So she's like perfect for that. So I thought she had a good game against Sweden. We saw uh, Tierna Davidson have two really solid games against New Zealand and against Australia. And Julie Ertz is clearly incredibly important to, to the United States. And, and there's just not even a lot to be said about that. Cause it's just so obvious. But, um, the one final thing I actually want to say though, about Tierna Davidson and what she's done is like, so the team is having a lot of trouble in the midfield and their response to that has been to do some real, like long ball distribution and Davidson's long ball distribution is really incredibly good and pretty sick yeah and she's been very poised back there she's been paired with both becky sauerbrunn and abby Dahlkemper, and she's done a nice job with both players and um that to me is like if there's anything out of this tournament which i'm going to be honest i don't know if i'm emotionally attached to the u.s winning gold even just especially in the context of the last couple days where we saw what happened with usa gymnastics we saw what happened with usa softball We've seen the U.S. uh, women's basketball 5v5 basketball team had like kind of only an okay performance against Nigeria. This is just the vibe is not there right now. Yeah. And so I'm just like, you know what, if it's just not there across the board, that just kind of is what it is, you know, but um, but. Davidson, I think, is establishing not only that she's ready for this level now, but just how important she's going to be for the program going forward, which I think is very different than what it felt like going in, which was that she was a backup. And I just think that that's simply really not true anymore. And I think that's very exciting. And I think that um, I think Tierna Davidson is like 
straight up the next Becky Sauerbrunn. Not only that she has a similar skill set, but also I think she's going to be playing this game for another 15 years. I think like that last uh, match against Australia to close out the group more so than um, that game against New Zealand. It was like, holy shit, man. Yeah. But Turner Davidson is the, the one, the one. Um, yeah. And uh, couldn't help, but feel a little bit bitter and being like, man, I, it'd be nice to have her back to serve some long balls over to, to somebody like Mel Pugh. Yeah. But um, we'll see what happens and how players are feeling when they get back. But uh, I'm with you. It's it's dope to sort of see, to have that tie, to have that angle to it. Like I'm, I'm with you and that there's some real weird energy around the Olympics. And more specifically, there's a lot of real weird energy around women performing yes. in the Olympics. Um, they're not doing, they're not having a great time. Yeah. yeah. They're not having fun out there. And there's a lot of, uh, negative negativity, like, yeah. uh, within not even so much of the coverage, but just even people who are just viewing the Olympics. Uh, yeah. for reason. So it's, it's just a weird, weird time. Um, but it's it, the small little silver linings where we can find them, um, has been dope to see the Chicago Red Stars themselves having yeah. a strong tournament and a strong performance so far. It is hard to believe that like, that Sweden game actually could have been a little worse if yeah. the player wasn't in net doing what she was doing. And she's had like three consecutive starts, you know, in this tournament. And it's pretty safe to say that into the knockout, she's, she's going to be tagged with them all the way. Um, and yeah, I'm in agreement. I think Davidson has absolutely bullied her way into, in the conversation there where it's like, this is my spot and it should be continuing uh, moving forward. You love to see it quite frankly. And all those questions about like Julia, it's like how fit is she or isn't she? And I think it's still a safe question mark because she's wrapped up pretty tightly on that. Knee. <laughs> she's got her sock just like all the way up to her yeah, mid thigh. Yeah, her, her pretty tightly wrapped, but that's yeah. not stopping her from putting in these 90 minute performance. She went 45 in that Sweden game to a straight 90 and another 90 and so on and so forth. So uh, well, most- and you talk about talk about the Red Stars like. Kerr was her assignment against Australia. Oh, man. And so like, they were basically like, Hey, you remember, do you remember Sam? You remember playing with Sam? So you it's, get it's, her, you are on her. Like yeah. seeing, seeing uh, Kruger in that final 18 for the match day, I had the same vibe. Mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, so Vlaco was like, I'm going to put, have all of the red stars yeah, right. yeah. at my disposal yeah. to go up against Sam Kerr. I and also loved, I don't know if you saw the photos after the game, but Kerr had like a line of former teammates who yes. all were coming over to say hi. So like Kelly O'Hara went over yep. and yep. Tierna went over. <laughs> like Julie yeah, went yeah. over. They were all just like, hey. Yeah, yeah. Those Aussies, uh, they spent a, lo- a long time here. So there's a lot of uh, ties. So uh, we'll see. Here's to seeing if they face each other again somehow, yeah. some kind of way um, in these knockouts. But uh, if you've been tuning in to the Olympics or not to le- tuning into the Olympics uh, for whatever reasons, Trust me, I get it. But if you have been uh, tuning in, you've been getting uh, your sleep's worth uh, because the Red Stars are, are, are doing all right. Um, time to talk about some actual Red Stars performances. Chicago Red Stars had their little three-game uh, win streak snapped uh, this previous week. They hit the road, headed out to New Jersey to face Gotham FC. Uh, dropped this one 2 one uh, to Gotham, although what happened on the pitch maybe isn't something that's setting off any question marks or, or red flags. It just sort of felt like uh, a business trip is what we were chatting about yeah. off here before before we we hopped on. So um, I'm going to I'm going to spit these uh, starting 11s, Claire, and then we'll just sort of take it from there. Let's uh, take a look at how the Red Stars lined up uh, against 
Gotham FC. They had Cassie Miller and Nett, Tatum Malazzo, Kayla Sharpo, Sarah Gordon, Aaron Wright to round out the back line. For the midfield, they opted with Morgan Gatra and Sarah Waldmo, uh, Kalia Watt, Vanessa DiBernardo, Mal Pugh, and Rachel Hill rounded out the starting 11. Um, I think we were looking at what was going to happen in that midfield here uh, in this game. Uh, and yeah. we got to see Waldmo and Gatra. And we were a little curious if maybe they were going to shift that at all. But it looks like they went more defensive to start. What else stood out to you, Claire, in this one? Yeah, I mean, I think that's it, right? I think it's um, it seemed like they were just following. And this is going to be a theme throughout, which is that part of the reason we don't have like a lot to really dissect from this game is because they did very similar things to what they had done in the past three games. And this one just didn't go their way. And so, yes, they started with the the, the dual six, very defensively minded. Um, I imagined at the beginning, too, that the reason that Rachel Hill was in the lineup was specifically to have her kind of following Mitch Purse around. And that ended up being true. Um, when you start Hill, I think that you can safely assume that when they do that, they're thinking about her defensive assignments first um, versus springing the attack so much. And then, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, it was also interesting to see uh, Malazzo get another start because we were told by Rory Dames last week that Bianca and George was likely to feature at some point and she did but um Malazzo also got the start and I think that that's maybe if there's a bigger conversation to have about this game I do think we should talk a little bit about what's happening with the outside backs with Kruger gone um but yeah other than that I was just like well they're they're just riding the same energy that that they've been been on you know yeah I mean it's hard I mean with with Kruger gone um Malazzo has been given a lot of time out on this pitch and a part of it a part of it has 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 been in part because of somebody like Bianca C. George who we saw coming off a pretty impressive 2020 even though it was a very limited window of games talking about the seven games of the challenge cup and then the uh couple fall series games um kind of had to work her way back from injury a little bit more and then now sort of eliminating herself from getting time on the pitch because she's getting time out on these games and then picking up red cards and then making herself unavailable uh, for matches. So we, we were going to be looking for that a little bit. And we did see Bianca feature in this, in this match. Uh, but Tatum Malazzo has been, is being tagged with those starts. And I think it's just, it's just, we got to say it like she's presenting enough for the red stars within their trainings and their sessions to where they're saying you're the one. Right. That's going to be one on this flag. Yeah. And I do think that's interesting because I think that Malazzo is fundamentally very sound in a number of ways, but she definitely at this moment has a ceiling also to, as to like what she can contribute in a game. And it is interesting to watch them. And, and Rory actually said this kind of specifically, which is that what he likes about Malazzo is that he knows pretty much exactly what kind of a performance he's going to get out for, uh, from her. Um, and not to say that she is not, NWSL level, but she's not NWSL starter level. And I think that's okay. It's her first year. I mean, I'm not, this is not a, a, a diss in any way. So them making the choice to give her a lot of minutes, I'm sure she's tired to be completely honest and task her with helping them through this series of games is an interesting development. And I am curious whether this is really truly just like a stopgap or this is, you know, just the, St. George is having a really rough year. It seems the fact that we haven't seen Zoe Gorowski even in the 18 for the last couple of games, like this is a much less deep position than we kind of thought it was. And obviously 
Casey Kruger comes back and we know who the two starting outside backs are. But it is just kind of fascinating because I think we thought there would be more competition for that role. And I guess there has been, but not necessarily the way we were anticipating, you know? No, not at all. I think um, I think there were some stretches of games there where maybe we would have, uh, we talked a little bit about how like, oh, we would really like to see somebody like Sarah Gordon be given the opportunity to slot back out there. But just considering how this year has panned out, whether it's a combo of injuries or obviously having so many Red Stars depart to the Olympics, you got to adjust and you got to make those, uh, you got to make those adjustments with what you have. And we're starting to see that uh, come to come to life here, but hot super hot muggy day apparently in New Jersey and we saw that come into play in this match um even though that first half for the most part sort of felt like pretty evenly keeled um both teams sort of doing things to cancel the other team out it just sort of felt like a very again like a business trip two teams who just sort of know what they're getting from the other side and we're just still trying to see what was going to happen um and nothing really did happen <laughs> in that first half up until the closing minutes uh, again, we got to see some, maybe some trouble with the heat. Um, we heard post game from Rory Dames as well, that a lot of the substitutions that he made in this match were specifically due to like heat related illness uh, yeah. that the players were feeling um, on the pitch. So it's started. Yeah, I assume that's why Di Bernardo came off as well. I have to think. Yeah. He, when, when I peeked my head into the post game, he definitely said it was all like yeah. Bernardo Malazzo Watt, as well was included in that yeah. um, related to, to the heat. It was, it was, it was a tough day out there apparently. And um, it really started kind of in this, the, the closing minutes of this first half where we saw somebody like Tatum and literally just trying to play through it. And unfortunately was unable to, and just with the management of those final minutes, I guess it was very, very, very hot out. There wasn't really anybody warming up at the time. Chicago was unprepared to sort of have somebody, uh, essentially come come in and be able to sub in into the match to close out a first half. There, there wasn't, we didn't see anybody necessarily warming up. So uh, at one point on a throw-in, you had Bitsama Lazo on the stream, uh, immediately like kind of head to the sideline and take the throw-in and sort of take a knee. And you could see that the, that this player had some difficulty getting her breath in order. And uh, it was a it was a concerning moment uh, to, to say the least. You never want to see a player kind of struggling with lack of breath. Um, but it forced uh, the Red Stars to sort of play uh, with a player disadvantage to close out this half. Uh, and it ended up being that Gotham, uh, rightfully so, ended up taking advantage of that. If you're talking about maybe six minutes or so that were left uh, in this first half. And this, uh, this goal ended up coming in stoppage time uh, of this first half, where Caprice Didasco uh, sends in a really good ball. Caprice Zedesco is having a great season on the flank for Gotham. Um, sends in this ball, and uh, it is it is a poorly marked Ellie Long. And we got to talk a little bit about why this goal came to life. Yes, there was a, a player disadvantage, but uh, it, you're still you're still ten against uh, you know defending against a team. This is the Redskins are still a team that are pretty defensively sound and organized, um, and that we see on this play a ball gets served in and a, a, a few players, quite frankly, calling for an offside flag from the official while the ball is in play um, and essentially leaving Kayla Sharples to defend against two players. And Ellie Long gets the better of this one and the ball gets uh, slotted in and Gotham heads into halftime 1-0. So for the second half, 
Chicago went ahead and they made some adjustments uh, in this second half. They came out right away with uh, Danny Colaprico coming on for Vanessa DiBernardo. They brought on Mackenzie Doniak, and we got to see Bianca St. George's come on for Tatum Malazzo. Um, so a number of substitutions there uh, that had struggles with some of that heat in the beginning. Um, all those players that were mentioned were mentioned in postgame um, from Rory Dames talking about that it was tough uh, playing out there on that day. Um, and honestly, this first 15 minutes of the second half, good stuff uh, from the Red Stars. Got to see a lot more movement, better in the attack, absolutely had got them on their heels. Just, again, the goal didn't happen. Right. I mean, it's just the same thing that's happened in other games. Like, I, this is, again, where I no longer really have uh, a lot to say about it because we've seen Chicago run this game plan and have it work. You know, they've conceded first in the last two games that they've won. They go down a goal and then they put a lot of numbers forward and they are able to through that force mistakes and they just weren't able to force the mistakes uh, in this in this game. And this is the issue where they don't necessarily have that next gear of if you can't force the mistake, what do you do next? And that's the thing that they weren't able to do. And so it kind of played out the way that you saw in not quite so bad, but like in the, the Louisville game or um, some of the earlier results where they make the push, 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 push. And then against the run of play, they give something bad up. And so that's how that second Gotham goal happens is there's a really exceptional. I loved this touch by Imani Dorsey in that midfield to, to get the, that was so good. That interception was so good. And then she springs midge and then, you know, penalty. Then it's gone. Yeah. Uh, Bianca St. George's uh, picks up another uh, penalty moment there uh, for Chicago. Uh, follow Mitch purse in the box. Mitch first steps to take the game, uh, the, the goal slots it in. And, you know, at, at the 70 minute there um, at this point, it's a little bit, it's a little bit of a different order to, to call on for the Red Stars to come back from two with 20 ish minutes uh you know, left to play when you've already made a number of substitutions to, you know, quote unquote game changers. Yeah. My one other thought about the push that Chicago made that I just remembered is we did see some visible frustration from Mallory Pugh. And I want to acknowledge that. And I, I know part of it, like you, I think you have to acknowledge that she was probably literally getting heated when you're playing in those conditions, you're more likely to like get a little bit more emotional, I think, but I think that we've seen this where where Pew has been trying to play make from a variety of different positions. And it did feel like in this match, she having played a number of these games with these people is starting to get a little bit more assertive with like, you have to run here. Like she's really asking for what she wants in a way that makes me feel like she's not getting it. And so I think that that again, it's it, none of these things are new, but it is just that was what was happening during that push. And then, um, right. And then Chicago goes down by two. Yeah. You do all that work and then it doesn't break through. And then instead you actually go down another goal. It yeah. can do something to you mentally after putting in, um, all of that type of work, uh, Chicago ends up playing out this half, uh, you know, they, they make additional subs, you know, we, we end up seeing Mots, we end up seeing, uh, Stanton, uh, Katie Johnson coming on into, into the match. Uh, then it ends up, it ended up being that they ended up pulling one back. Uh, but this is, of course, after Bianca St. George's makes another uh, decision to foul already on a yellow, earns a second yellow red card uh, suspension. So she will be unavailable for the next game coming up. 
And uh, even though that happened in stoppage time, just two minutes later in the stoppage time, the Red Star is going to go back with uh, Katie Johnson setting up Doniak. So just an interest, just uh, just an interesting way for this game to to end. Quite frankly, um, you have a player dismissing herself and uh, yet somehow getting a goal. So interesting momentum to take out of this one. Yeah, I uh, I, I really feel for Bianca and George. It just seems like she she is a player that went through such a long injury journey to even get to this point. And she has this breakthrough year in 2020. She's confident. She gets called into Canada camp immediately. Her Olympic dream disappears because she gets injured again. And just the mental aspect of probably really physically struggling through this year mixed with that disappointment and the fact that she can't get on the field and it just is compounding into decisions that are coming clearly from frustration. And I think that you just hate to see that for a player and you just need them to have a short memory and, and, and bounce back. But yeah, she's having, she's having a rough one. Um, yeah, for sure. So. Um, we'll see. I, I would love to see uh, St. George's be able to get some more time <laughs> sometime during this year. Uh, I'm sure she will get it. Uh, it's unknown at the moment how long the United States women's national team, you know, will be in the Olympics because there's a knockout rounds that have to take place. And depending on how long they go, if they go to that gold medal round, they're going to be there a little while. Yeah. Um, so, and then obviously when they return, um, a lot of players deserve a break because that's a very, very intense tournament to have. So there's still, there's still some unknowns there in terms of the timeline and the schedule of, of what this back line is going to look like without players like Turner Davidson, without somebody like Casey Kruger. So uh, we're either going to A, see Tatum Alazo get a heck of a lot more starts with this team or eventually start to get to see Bianca St. George's get some more regular minutes. I don't know. Hard to tell. Uh, it's tough when she is literally two for two uh, in her appearances, uh, getting the red card. So um, I hope that uh she gets some more time out on the pitch and maybe can get things right, whether it's both, uh, you know, physically on the physical side or, or, or the mental side. So we'll see. It would have been nice to have her uh, available in a game like this <laughs> coming up against Washington Spirit. Let's preview this a little bit. Um, Red Sox are going to be back at home at SeatGeek Stadium. They're going to be taking on Washington Spirit, the team which they really spearheaded their initial three-game win streak against, the game which introduced everybody to the summer signing of Ongol. Uh, really, a lot of excitement started with that one game. And I got to say, if you're the Spirit, you're probably still kind of pissed at how that game went. Um, a very narrow 1-0 loss on an own goal to Chicago. And uh, they've been playing some pretty intriguing soccer of their own during this Olympic stretch. So I have to imagine that they're going to be a, a tough, tough opponent on Sunday. Uh, what are you going to be looking for out of this match, Claire? Yeah, I think that Washington is going to want to win this one. Um, and they've been putting together some nice performances recently. And it's funny that you mentioned the own goal that, that Chicago scored against them last time because the player who actually did tap that in isn't there uh and they're slightly better off for it they they just are playing with a little bit more cohesion without their internationals actually than they were necessarily playing with their internationals so i uh i think this is going to be a tough test i think this could be another oh boy this could be another slow 
game. Yeah, I got a feeling that, you know, that OL rain first half back at yeah. home was tough to get through. It felt like we were watching 90 minutes of a 45-minute half. And who knows? Uh, it could be another vibe on that one. August 1st, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Get your tickets, folks. Um, we'll see what happens. I, I, I would like to see Andy Sullivan have a bit of an off game. Uh, she's been doing real good work in the midfield for this team. And uh, the back line is absolutely going to have their hands full with an Ashley Sanchez or Trinity Rodman. And quite frankly, an Ashley Hatch, who's been having a fantastic season in front of goal for the spirit. And uh, they play a little bit better on grass, <laughs> quite frankly. And they're going to get that yeah. stadium. Uh, so while some teams are like, I got to go on the road and got to travel. You got to imagine that maybe a team like Spirit who have been having to split time on some turf are maybe excited to get out on some grass. Uh, So hopefully uh, we see some good performances from the Red Stars. Uh, We've been we've been saying a lot about players, um, three specific players during this 2021 year, whether it's from the Challenge Cup to now this regular season for the Red Stars who have been like real silver linings and the players to watch. And it's been Kruger and Gatra and Pew. And quite frankly, after this Olympic stretch, I think we absolutely maybe have to start including Sarah Gordon in yeah. that as well. She's been having a tremendous Olympic stretch of games here for this team. And uh, Kayla Sharples is also looking real good over these last Olympic games. I'm um, fascinated to see if Sharples stays on the field, actually, when Davidson comes back. I think there's a possibility they might decide there are some games where they want to center backs of the same, of a same physical profile, and then they push Gordon out wide. I think that could happen. Mm-hmm. Hey, I would uh, love to see it. Um, and in this game specifically coming up, um, I think it's going to have to be a real um, organized effort. So I want another uh, really dope game from Sharples and from Gordon. So that's who I'll be having my eye on. How about you? Yeah, I mean, I'm again, I'm just really anticipating another grind. I think it's going to be a very similar game plan. They don't really have the ability to do anything other than what they're currently doing. Um, so I guess... I guess I would actually like, and this is, I, I, this is a, I'm saying that like what Morgan Gatra has been asked to do in this middle half, middle third of the season is making up for some deficiencies. So she's been asking to play, been asked to play a much more uh, defensive role recently. And that's part of why her name isn't coming up as much a little bit in terms of who is not from us, but just like in general of who's really performing well, because she is being asked to like lock some stuff down because when she was given more freedom, other players were not able to, to do that. So I would love for her to be given the opportunity to really play make in this game, uh, as opposed to being asked to sit back because I don't know if Washington is a team where you need four, def- you know, two center backs and two sixes sitting in that part of the pitch. I don't know if you need that. I think no, what you need point. is to like develop play yourself. So no, I guess maybe I don't think they're going to do this. I, what I'm asking for, I don't think I'm going to get, but I would like them to let Morgan Gatra kind of run the midfield in this one. Yeah. Um, they got to make Andy Sullivan work. And I think Morgan yeah. can do that. So, so we'll see. Um, everybody stay tuned. I want to thank everybody for joining us and listening to this uh, little bit of a super size episode. Where we're talking about a lot of things, uh, Olympics, 
a recap and a preview. Um, if you've enjoyed what you've heard, just want to let you know there's a ton of ways to support us and our work, and you could do that the best way uh, by directly supporting us on our Patreon. So check us out at Southside Trap Patreon. Um, find a tier that works for you. We've got some starting at $2, all the way to $25. If uh, supporting us financially is not something you can do at the moment, we understand. These are hard all over. Please know there's a ton of ways to support us outside of that, and you can do that by following us on social media channels, like Twitter and Instagram at Southside Trap Pod with one letter P. And you can find us on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, uh, all sorts of places you get your podcasts. Go ahead and find us, subscribe, leave us a a rating and review. That stuff helps us out so much whenever we're uh, making our content for you. So stay tuned. Um, Continue to wear your mask when asked. Get vaccinated uh, if you're able. Continue your support of Black players and Black life. And we will be back with you all next week with a recap.